after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. That was Mark 9, verses 2 through 8. I've thrown you a little bit of a curveball today. Hopefully you're paying attention. Normally I start the show by welcoming and asking for prayer requests. And while that's still very important to me, I've gone through some adjustments and I feel like God is working within me depth. Talked about that last week. Uh, I want to be more deep in everything that I do and the relationships that I build, the scripture that I read, everything. And I think sandwiching the podcast with verse and prayer is a good way to go about that depth and encourage you to dive deeper into scripture. You know, it's interesting as a podcaster, which feels kind of weird to say, I don't really consider myself one, even though I guess by definition I am. If you look at your statistics through your podcast hosting site, it's quite a humbling experience to see when people listen, how long they listen, when they drop off. And uh, the numbers are pretty staggering how many people drop off in the first like 90 seconds or so. I say every show that now let's get onto the Bible, what matters most or nearly every show. So if people are going to listen 90 seconds or less, I suppose I better get the most important message first. So hopefully this does that. And if nothing else, doing my best to honor God in putting this verse first. Starting with the verse, this will be our verse of the day. So again, Mark 9, verses 2 through 8, our topic of the day is intensity. Let's go right into application. I'm reordering things here intentionally as we continue to evolve and make this a better show for everyone. Our application, all within one sentence, all within one verse. The two sections I'd like to point out are, this is my beloved son and listen to him. In this first part, this is my beloved son. Uh, To me, of all the verses in the Bible, and as I continue to learn more and more about the Bible, my opinion may change. I do reserve the right to be wrong and the right to change my opinion as times go on. Uh, But right now, for me, this transfiguration, which occurs in multiple books of the Bible, multiple gospels of the Bible, I should say, strengthens my faith more than any other. The fact that God comes down and says, this is my beloved son, listen to him, holds immense strength and value uh, in in what Jesus was here to do. Uh, If you go back and look, a big uproar in Jesus' life, which led to his crucifixion, was that 
the Jews said he was blasphemous. Not all Jews, but many of the Jews said he was blasphemous during that time, specifically the Pharisees, uh, claiming that he was the Christ, that he was the Messiah. And uh, again, I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm not going to dive into too much depth there. Um, But this statement here, this experience that Peter, James, and John experienced along with Jesus uh, is, is so validating to what Jesus was here to do during that time. And so for me, it's one of the most profound set of verses uh, in my experience as a Christian man. Second part of that is listen to him. God is putting authority on Jesus and saying, if you didn't believe him before, I'm here to tell you, this is my son and listen to him. So uh, for all of us that read this, that takes away any doubt that we have right there on who the authority is. We've been given permission by our Heavenly Father to obey His Son, Jesus. What was Jesus' biggest command? It was to love, to truly love. I'd recommend that you confer with Romans 13.8 for a little bit more on that certainly isn't the only verse that you could confer with, but it's one uh, one that I've read recently in my own Bible study that comes to mind uh, about owing no one anything and loving, truly loving to obey the law. Uh, love is our strongest command, to love your heavenly Father and to love your neighbor. And with that, continuation from last week, on my heart is depth. Additionally, on my heart is purity of mind. I was talking with men's group this morning about this, and I don't know about you, but I feel like when I wake up, I immediately have a to-do list. And if you're like me, you wake up with three or four things on your brain. And by the time you make it to the bathroom to brush your teeth, I've probably forgot about two of those and probably exchanged them for maybe even a few more. And I want, I want to stop that. I'm not achieving any depth by doing that. I want to sort of hostily take over my brain again, because the way that we are influenced with things so quick, it's just go, 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 go. And there's one idea in as fast as one idea can flee out. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy. I'm not achieving depth with anything. If I do that, um, I'm like, it's like, I've got, I'm a dog who has squirrel syndrome and I'm just looking, looking, looking. Um, it's just not, it's not healthy and not something that I aim to achieve. And so continually, day by day, as I read, as I pray, as I communicate with my family, uh, even as I watch TV, I want to experience depth and purity, specifically purity of mind, decluttering my mind to experience true, pure, almost emptiness in a way, if you're understanding what what I'm talking about here, almost an emptiness to it. I want God to fill what goes into my mind, not society and not whatever distracts my attention at that moment in time. Next, I'd like to talk about our mission. We always talk about the mission, but again, in my reordering here, I'm going to list it now. We bring together Christians who strive to follow the light of God over the darkness of this world to renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship so we can enhance our performance, serve our households, and follow God's calling on our lives. Take a little sip of coffee there. For those of you watching the video, 
I'll go ahead and give a plug. Lucky Perk Coffee, that's where I go to men's group each Wednesday. Fantastic coffee. And uh, appreciate that they allow us to uh, have our men's group there. The end of our mission is three-pronged. Again, I see my sector of that, if you will, at the enhance our performance. And so the lecture part, if you want to call it a lecture, of each podcast is going to be exercise physiology-based, performance-based in some manner. And what I'd like to do is start a three-part series for the next three weeks. Uh, And as I clear my mind and share my depth of knowledge with you, I'd like to introduce that three-part series beginning today with how we move metabolically. So all of this is going to have to do with the metabolism. So I'm going to be able to get nerdy here. I'm going to enjoy myself. This is motivated from glycolysis of last week. We'll talk about glycolysis again next week. Uh, But of the three steps, we're going to take it from most intense or vigorous to least intense or vigorous. Think of there being an inverse relationship metabolically. If you do something that's highly explosive, your duration of activity is going to be low. And if you do something of high duration, your intensity has to be low. So as one goes up, the other goes down, and that's by definition an inverse relationship. So the first of the three uh, for this week is going to be the phosphagen system. Now, whether you've ever heard of the phosphagen system or not, you're hearing about it now. And what's interesting is we really only have to talk about two things that occur in the phosphagen system. And we can spend as much time as you or I would like, uh, or as little time as we would like. Try and keep things as simple as possible so you can obtain the information and you can apply it to increase your own performance. If this is the avenue in which you wish to train, With this in mind, part of my adjustment here is I kind of dial things down and turn things around in terms of order of my script. Uh, I'm going to try and get things a little bit shorter on the podcast in, maybe somewhere in the 20-minute range. Uh, I think that'll be better for people to absorb all of the information and hopefully improve the the data in terms of people and how long they're listening to each episode. Again, my goal from the beginning was to give you something that would take you to work. And most people have about a 20 to 30 minute commute. So we still fall within that uh, that range there. But within the phosphagen system, you've probably heard of something called ATP, which stands for adenosine triphosphate. Think of this as sort of your currency, the money that's in your system. Uh, think of your body as the bank and ATP as the currency or the dollar, if you will. Shockingly, so we all have an amount of adenosine triphosphate stored in our system. And if we're at complete rest, pretty shocking fact here. If you go from rest to complete the highest intensity you can go, you will run out of all of your adenosine triphosphate in four seconds or less. Wonder how can we possibly have that fact be true when we have activities that last longer and longer. Well, as we're going to learn here in just a minute, as well as next week and the week after, metabolically, your, your system does have a way of adapting to get you more adenosine triphosphate. Um, but there can be nothing more explosive than the adenosine triphosphate that's there stored and ready to go. So for people like me that like to train in this zone, things four seconds or less, explosive, powerful movements, Uh, They require a lot of recruitment of fast twitch muscle fibers. This is is something of importance. 
Uh, this is why you would take longer rest time to hopefully recharge that storage as much as possible before you perform your next set because you want to get as much strength, as much power as possible in that short four second window. Now, for any of you that like to do activities outside of four seconds, uh, within that phosphagen system, which is the most explosive system in terms of output, work output, we then can shift gears to a molecule that you've heard of, I'm sure, uh, and molecule, again, is, is the wrong term. Technically, it's a compound uh, called creatine. Some people pronounce it creatine. Both are correct as far as I'm concerned. So creatine, you've probably heard about that. There's a lot of research on it. Um, I'll state that it's one of the safest supplements you can take, provided you follow the dosage. But that's true with just about any supplement. There's a dosage that you should or should not be taking. So with creatine, uh, our body needs it. And historically, the population of lifters that have taken it primarily have been bodybuilders. And going back to your high school biology class, you probably heard where sodium goes, water will follow. Well, creatine has a similar effect on water, which for a bodybuilder helps because if we can get creatine into the muscle and we pull water, we're physically pumping volume into the muscle. And remember what the goal is with the sport of bodybuilding. It's to be symmetrical. It's not to show a strength number, to lift anything. It's truly to be symmetrical and well-built on stage. So a lot of bodybuilders don't care how strong the biceps is or how strong the trapezius is. They care how much symmetry there is and how much volume there is to the muscle. And so creatine could be a good thing in that regard. But in my opinion, creatine used in that way is not taken to its full advantage and not used to where it helps us most, at least from a performance standpoint. Creatine can help us increase this four-second window. And technically, that's not true. The four seconds is done when it's done, but you then shift into a phase where creatine comes into play. And this takes you from the fourth second to about the 10th, maybe 12th second. And this is known as the adenosine triphosphate plus phosphocreatine system. Phosphocreatine is sometimes referred to as creatine phosphate. Either way, um, it, it works. Different textbooks will say different things. The creatine, what it does is sort of hangs out in intracellularly in the cytosol of the cell by itself, and ATP kind of does the same thing. Well, the T in T, ATP, excuse me, the T in ATP stands for tri, right? Which means three. So what we're saying here with adenosine triphosphate is that we have a molecule of adenosine, and again, I'm using the term molecule incorrectly, compound of adenosine, and there's one, two, three phosphate groups attached to it. If there was two, we would call it adenosine diphosphate, which is a thing. And if there was one, which is rare, but it is a thing as well, we would call it adenosine monophosphate. So when we conduct activity, we're literally taking one of the phosphate groups off so in that four seconds, we convert to from adenosine triphosphate to adenosine diphosphate and perhaps even adenosine monophosphate. So now we have this broken off phosphate, which we refer, refer to as PI or inorganic phosphate that is sort of floating around the cytosol. Well, to the rescue comes creatine. 
And when creatine binds to phosphate, it forms creatine phosphate, or again, phosphocreatine. What it does is it sort of cycles back to the adenosine triphosphate and sort of donates the phosphate back. And now we have adenosine triphosphate once again. Now that's a super simplistic way to think about it, but uh, uh, unless you express the interest to go more molecular than that, uh, I think that is enough nerding out for most people. So this helps us go back to adenosine triphosphate which gets us about six more seconds, maybe eight more seconds of activity. So everything we're talking about today lasts about 12 seconds or less. Now, this is true of the next three uh, podcasts on these uh, exercise physiology topics. Can you adjust that number? Yeah, you can. Your body will adjust to it depending on how you train. So if you want to get better at this, if you want to increase that four-second window to maybe five seconds, or that 10 second window to maybe 12 seconds, you train in that area. So I would guess based on pretty much the last 15 years of my training that my internal storage of adenosine triphosphate is probably closer to five seconds instead of four seconds. To the marathon runner, it's probably closer to three seconds as opposed to four. And this is really what fueled me. Uh, I guess that would be a pun. Maybe, maybe not. I've never understood pun or English. I can't even tell you what an adjective or a verb is for, for whatever, but I can tell you what a noun is, but clearly science is my specialty, not English. Um, with that, where was I going? See, I've already lost myself down the English. That's how confusing the English language is to me. It gets me completely flustered and lost. Um, I'll get back on track here in just a moment. With this, as we, oh, that's what I was going to say. As we go back and adjust to four seconds to five seconds, four seconds to three seconds, whatever the case is. This is the primary reason why I started studying. This is sort of the fuel for my study in kinesiology is an imposed demand, whatever that is, the body adapts. And to me, there's not a whole lot cooler than that. Um, and part of the reason why I found it so interesting goes back to my story. When I was in high school, I ran about a five-minute mile. I think it was maybe like 5.20, 5.30. I remember it very well. I was talking with my wife about this last night, and I was in complete and utter shock when I crossed the finish line and um, a PE teacher announced at the time, five-something. I didn't seem like I was trying that much harder. In fact, I was kind of in a bad mood that day, and I was just kind of getting it over with, and I kept a nice steady pace that got me across the finish line in that time. All that to say, I was blessed with an aerobic ability to perform activity. Trouble is, mentally, I didn't really enjoy it. So what did I do? I started lifting weights. And these explosive movements were very difficult for me. I wasn't very strong. I could probably barely bench the bar in high school. Um, might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but not a ton. But as the 15 years went on, closer to 20 years now, and I continually trained in specific zones, my body adapted to those zones. So over the last 15 of those 20 years specifically, and even closer to the last five to 10 years, even more specifically, I've been training in this five rep range or less. Most of us can get three to five reps done in probably about three to five seconds, depending on the activity. So my body has become very specialized in this area. And very simplistically, if you have, say, a four-second window 
in this first phase of the phosphagen system and you train to your optimal intensity, the body basically says, well, that was awful. How am I going to make this better next time? How am I going to make this less awful? Because the body is all about homeostasis and maintaining um, really as little effort as possible. So how can I modify muscular tissue, whether it be metabolically or structurally, to allow the activity to not be as difficult next time? And so it increases its ability to store ATP. Because if we increase the storage of ATP, that window opens up for us and it makes the activity easier. Obviously, the intense, uh, the tensile strength or the structure of muscle um, increases as well. The myosin, the actin, all, all those myofilaments within myofibrils, those also adapt, which is a fascinating part of exercise physiology that I thoroughly enjoy. Again, this is more of a visual adaptation than a physiological adaptation, or I could say an anatomical adaptation as opposed to a physiological adaptation. But the point's the same. You impose a demand upon the body and it adapts. And it works for anything. If you want to become a better marathon runner, do that and keep working in that zone and your body will become better and better and better at it. We'll talk more about that in two weeks. We'll talk about sort of this middle range where um, interval training uh, exists, high intensity interval training and others. Uh, exists in that glycolytic window, but that's going to be from about 12 seconds, 10, 12 seconds to about 90 seconds or so. And it's going to involve glucose as we talked about last week. Um, so what's, what's sort of the point that I'm getting across here? Well, if you want to train to be a power lifter, if you want to train to be an Olympic weightlifter, or you just enjoy training five reps or less, roughly, um, do it. Continue to do that, and you're going to get better at it because your body's going to adapt to make the the energy required as seamless as possible for that activity. Next week, when we talk about the glycolytic system, hopefully I'll have some cool information to share with you about the firehouse. Uh, I'm going to the same firehouse every six weeks, and tomorrow marks the sixth week since last time. And uh, so... I ask for your prayer requests pretty much each episode, and that's continual here. Um, but I ask for your prayers on this. I pray that we can have time with the firemen. Uh, and so if you don't mind praying for that, I would appreciate that. Above all, pray that God's will be done. But uh, if it is God's will for me to spend some good quality time with these firemen, I pray that that happen. And so excited to share that with you next week. We'll see what happens. As we've always been, we're self-sponsored, erroratphysiology.com. You can go to our community. Our community and our podcast are our two main veins uh, of our uh, our business. And the community can be found through community.erroratphysiology.com. And then the podcast can be found through podcast.erroratphysiology.com. If you want to say hello or inquire further or send a prayer request, we have a couple emails. First one is hello at erroratphysiology.com. And then the second one is prayer at erroratphysiology.com. Or again, if you want to find more information about maybe some programs that we have or other nuances to the business, the quickest way to uh, be in touch with us is erroratphysiology.com to see what we have live and available. And then the quickest way to get a hold of me personally would be through that hello at erroratphysiology.com email. 
So take home message, as we saw the word intensity pop up in Mark uh, 9, 2 through 8, the word intensity related to the transfiguration and the brightness, the whiteness of his clothing. We have intensity in our life, not only from a depth and clearing of our mind perspective, but as we're talking about exercise physiology here, we're directly talking about the inverse relationship between intensity and duration. So make sure you have intensity and more specifically have pure intensity in your life. Be dialed in and focused at what you want to achieve. Let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen.